All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back here with the second night recap of WrestleMania 36. Uh, so we went over 30, uh, 36 night one uh, just, you know, a few days ago. So due to Easter and all this other stuff that's been going on, um, some of these podcasts have, of course, been delayed as far as recording time. I haven't even had a chance to catch up on uh, this past episodes of NXT, which uh, I will, of course, be watching today while I'm at work, jotting down some notes, and, of course, recording that podcast for you. Uh, tonight, uh, or today, is Monday, uh, April the 13th, and Raw does go back to being live um, instead of being taped, so we'll see uh, how that goes. I'll probably, I'm probably not going to watch that. I'm just going to read up on it and, and uh, just touch on some results Um that I find to be interesting and see where they go because they're they're obviously now they're building towards money in the bank which is going to take place in front of no one so uh very very weird year uh ladies and gentlemen uh the last pay-per-view to take place in front of a a live audience was of course uh elimination chamber if I am not mistaken um and, uh, yeah, so, anyways, so, night two of WrestleMania, of course, starts off with none other than, uh, was it Charlotte, yeah, Charlotte and, um, Rhea Ripley for the NXT Women's Champion, no longer being called the NXT Champion, uh, if you guys know anything about that, uh, Ripley was, um, advertised as the NXT uh, uh, champion for a while because they were trying to get rid of, uh, I guess, genderizing, if that's even a word, <laughs> uh, the belts, uh, because they, because I think Becky Lynch did like some kind of interview. And of course, this is coming around the time that Tessa Blanchard won the world title. Uh, but they eventually just dropped it and went right back to the NXT Women's Championship, so, uh, so they opened the show, um, uh, of course, I'm not gonna touch on the pre-show, it was Natalia and Liv Morgan, which Liv Morgan surprised me one, but anyways, so they opened the show, uh, it went about 20 minutes, 30 seconds, uh, it was a, honestly, it was a really, 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 really good match, uh, and it was probably the best match on this card, um, and that's just because, like, I don't know, this, the second night just kind of felt kind of like, you know, all right, here's the second night, you know, let's just get it over with. Like, the first night was amazing, uh, but the second night, you know, it was whatever. So this match was was probably the, the best match on the card. I don't agree with Charlotte winning the match, per se. I, I don't think, I don't think she needed the victory. Now, if you remember my, my predictions video, I said the only way I would see Charlotte winning was because she would feud with uh, Bianca Belair, but Bianca is now, a uh, part of Raw, apparently, uh, I was under the impression that was, she was in that ladder match, but she wasn't, um, I don't even, I don't even know who was in that NXT Women's Ladder match, to be honest with you, um, the only ones I know are Dakota and Tegan, uh, which, like I said, if Bianca isn't the next challenger for Charlotte, then maybe it'll be Tegan, I mean, She's like really the only her or Candace would be the only like logical choices to uh, have one. Again, I haven't seen NXT yet, so I, I don't know what exactly all happened. Um, but yeah, so Charlotte, you know, like she didn't really need the win. 
there were reports that Rhea was uh, was back home and couldn't come back because of work visa issues. Um, I mean, I don't know how true that is because she also tweeted that she's still in Florida. I mean, I, I don't know. I have no idea what's going on. I thought she lived in Florida, to be honest with you. But I'm Again, I have no idea. Uh, so the next match was Alistair and Bobby. It was a seven-minute, 20-second 20, uh, 20 match. It was okay for what it was. I've never, I was a fan of Bobby Lashley in his first run before he moved to ECW. I was uh, a huge Bobby Lashley fan. I thought him on SmackDown, where he was like uh, uh, the dominant upcomer, up-and-comer, and he was supposed to go into that world title match with Batista. I mean, uh, not Batista, Booker T. And I was like, yes, you know, Lashley is finally going to win uh, the world title. And he didn't win because they, of course, turned that match into a fatal four-way match, uh, which I think Booker retained, if I'm not mistaken, and then dropped the belt to Batista like a month later. Um, but, yeah, that after that, I, I kind of just didn't care for Lashley anymore. I mean, he went on to uh, win the ECW title after that. He had a short feud with John Cena, and then he was gone. He left the company because Michael Hayes said some racist shit, like, towards his wife or something. So, uh, I know he did, uh, apparently, some fantastic heel work in uh, TNA, Impact, whatever you want to call it. I was not. I stopped watching TNA, like, probably after the first episode of Hogan and Bischoff showing up was probably the last episode of TNA that I, I watched. Uh, after that, I, I did not care for that product anymore. So uh, for Lashley or any of those guys that were there after that, I have not seen their work. Um, so when Lashley returned to the WWE and everyone wanted him to face Brock Lesnar, I was kind of just like, eh, I don't care for Lashley. I don't think Lashley's that great. Uh, and honestly, he's been proving me right since he's returned. A lot of people can blame it on the booking if they want. And yeah, some of it is the booking's fault, but it's also on the wrestler to try and get themselves over because we have seen so many wrestlers with bad booking, you know, go out there, perform really good, get themselves over. And for me, Bobby Lashley just has not done that. Uh, so of course he loses to Black. Uh, Black, uh, is one of my favorites right now, uh, it's kind of weird that he had that short feud with AJ, and then it went, you know, and just fizzled out. Uh, but I guess it was just to give them something to do. You would think Black would have such a bigger role at Mania because I guess he probably would have had a bigger role had there been in front of a live crowd. Uh, you know, uh, he beat AJ, which AJ, of course, moved on to a bigger match with The Undertaker, which was probably one of the greatest matches uh, on the weekend. Um so hopefully Black can, uh, you know, find some footing somewhere uh, after Mania. Maybe he goes on to face Andrade, which they're really strong on because they still haven't even stripped him of the United States title. And he's out with, like, broken ribs. So I don't know. Anyways, uh, Otis and Ziggler, uh, which was 8 minutes and 15 seconds. Uh, it was not by any means, like, a classic or a great match. But... The story surrounding it has been very good, um, because and and the good thing about this story is that the nerd geeky uh, fat guy, whatever you want to call him, finally got the beautiful blonde, oh so gorgeous uh, girl, at, that being Mandy Rose, 
uh, the finish was basically um, man. Uh, so Sonya uh, accompanied Ziggler to the ring. So I guess they're probably going to be a pairing going forward. I'm not really sure. Uh, I don't even know what happened to Bobby Roode. I don't know. Well, I guess he's probably still around, maybe. Because Tucker wasn't there either. So, uh, Like I said, Sonya accompanied uh, Ziggler to the ring. And then, uh, what's her name? Mandy came out like towards the end of the match, uh, hit Sonya, and uh, low-blowed Ziggler, and Otis got the win. And then, of course, they kissed. All of this would have been heavily heavily cheered by a WrestleMania. This would have turned Otis into, like, even more of a big star than he is already. Like, Otis is, he's over. And Vince McMahon knows he's over, which is why Vince didn't book this to be the fat guy gets turned on by the beautiful girl. No, this was the fat guy gets the beautiful girl because Vince knows that this big dude is over. Like he he knows it. He just knows that this dude is over and he is doing the right he's doing right by him by booking him that way. Uh so I'm extremely happy for Otis. Uh but again I think that had this been in front of a crowd, um it definitely would have gotten the big reaction that it deserved. Uh so a lot of the stuff <clears throat> on this show was was like heavily, heavily uh, you could see, like, oh, man, this would have gotten a great reaction. This would have gotten a great reaction. This would have gotten a poor reaction. Uh, like, you could definitely, definitely tell. Um, Edge and Orton were next. Of course, Edge defeated Randy Orton in, like, 36 minutes, 35 seconds uh, in the last man standing match. I liked the match because I thought it fit the story. You know, like, I know a lot of people uh, didn't like it because it dragged on, which I agree. The match went on too long. Um they got up from just about everything, RKO's, um, I'm not sure if Edge hit the spear, <clears throat> but he got up from, like, multiple RKO's, uh, he dropped from, like, this, not a high drop, but dropped from the ceiling and did a, uh, uh, elbow drop, he climbed up from a ladder onto, like, a truck or something and did a move, he put Orton to sleep, did a concerto, like, they, they did, like, everything in this match, and I felt like that's kind of what killed it a little bit. But I like the way that it was just like a brawl because these two didn't go in there and try to like do a lockup or, uh, you know, uh, just try to have a wrestling match. Like this, this the kind of remind me of AJ and Shinsuke's um, ladder, uh, last man standing match. I feel like that one went too long as well. And I thought that was their best match uh, in their in their series of matches that they had. I, I thought that was a really good last man standing match that they had, but I also felt like it kind of went too long as well. Um, same with this one. Uh, had it been uh, 18 minutes or 20 minutes, like just cut off the last 16 minutes of that match, um, have them do a, a faster, intenser brawl instead of kind of slowing down at some at some uh, some of the spots. And I think that it would have definitely been a... Uh, uh, well-received match uh, by everyone else because, like I said, a lot of the people um, just did not <clears throat> it didn't click for them uh, due to the length. Uh, Dave Meltzer said it was the most boring match that he's ever seen as far as WrestleMania goes. Um, a lot of people online were saying it was the most boring match they've ever seen as far as WrestleMania goes. Like I said, in my opinion, I, I just I don't agree with that. I think the match was good for what it was. Uh, but it wasn't like 
a classic or or uh, uh, four star bands is what I'm saying. Um, had like I said, had maybe they cut off sixteen minutes, uh, twenty minutes. You know, it could have been a, a classic. <clears throat> but uh, so we'll see where Edge goes from here. Um, I understand why uh, I saw I had a, a friend say that Edge should have lost to Orton. I don't agree with that because I think Edge is only wrestling like three to five times a year. Uh, there's no point of dragging out him and Orton if he's only going to be there for certain months, you know? Uh, so as far as who I would love to see Edge face next, uh, Lesnar, um, Drew, Roman, uh, Seth, because they got that history going back, uh, AJ, you know, AJ could be mad about the Rumble, um, so many, so many good opponents for him, actually, right now, uh, it's, it's gonna, I think it should be a good year, I, I know he really should have had this match in front of a crowd, but unfortunately, it didn't happen that way, so, you know, you, you, you do what you, you do what you gotta do, and, and you work with what you got, and, uh, like I said, I think him and Orton put on, in my opinion, a, a, a pretty good match, um, Street Profits versus Austin Theory and Angel Garza. I'll be honest with you. I kind of, like, did not pay attention to this match. So I don't know how it went. But Street Profits won. And I think this is where Bianca Belair came in. She could have came in the next night on Raw. I'm not too completely sure. Uh, I don't remember. Uh, I don't care for her. So there's that. Uh, as far as Street Profits being Texan champions, I like them more in NXT, but, you know, it is what it is. They're still pretty good. Uh, Montez Ford is, in my opinion, just really good. Um, so we'll see what happens with these four. I don't I don't know. <clears throat> uh, the women's uh, elimination five-way match between Bailey, Lacey Evans, Naomi, Sasha, and uh, Tamina lasted about 19 minutes and 20 seconds, uh, with Bailey getting the win, last eliminating uh Lacey Evans. I thought this was a pretty good match. Uh, I was uh, not shocked to see Tamina out first, of course, because she's the big person in the match. So she gets the big person elimination, which happens early. Uh, And then you had Naomi out second and then Sasha out after honestly what I thought was a pretty good looking sequence um, with Lacey landing the what is it women's rights on her. I thought that was pretty cool. And I'm not a Lacey, a Lacey Evans fan, but I, I thought that was, like, really, really cool. Um, and then, of course, Bailey pinned uh, uh, Lacey after Sasha came back in and hit Lacey with the backstabber. I'm glad Bailey kept the title. Uh, I think her and Sasha are destined for a feud. Uh, we saw a glimpse of it in this match, a uh, glimpse of it on SmackDown with her offering Sasha up to Tamina. Um... And then, of course, we have Money in the Bank coming up. And I think that will probably go to Naomi. Well, I think it's already qualified for the match. Uh, I think that goes to Naomi. And I have a very strong feeling that Naomi interjects herself within the Sasha and Bailey feud after they have a match and she comes out and catches it. She has a lot of fans. I will give her that. I'm not one of them. Uh, but she has a lot of fans. And that's all I can really say about that. Uh, I think 
SmackDown's women division is starting to get better than Raw's women division, which I just don't completely understand at all with the way they're booking the Raw division. Like, I doubt Heyman was the one who said, let's give Becky this win. Um, but with Ronda going on Twitter and bashing all the women and the sport and, you know, you know, just getting her name back out there in the mix, I have a feeling that Becky kept that belt to defend against Ronda, and that's where we are heading uh, for sometime in the near future. I'm not sure if it's Money in the Bank or SummerSlam or whatever it is. Uh, speaking of SummerSlam, um, AJ did say that he would love to, you know, make uh, SummerSlam uh, the WrestleMania of this year. Uh, hopefully that happens, and hopefully that leads to a rematch with The Undertaker. But I digress. Uh, the Fiend and John Cena. This wasn't a match. Like there were no moves, uh, other than the uh, what's it called? Blah, 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 blah. Sister Abigail. Uh, so this whole thing went 13 minutes. It was basically a montage of Cena's career, and it was it was awesome. It was basically so Cena cut a promo on Bray talking about the most undeserved, overhyped, whatever, WWE superstar ever, and it turns out that he was talking about him. Like, that's what's so good about John Cena now, is that he throws out these little, these little subtle, like, details, and it's like, he's talking about himself because he knows that's what the fans have always thought about him. And he does it so well, like he, he he makes fun of himself so well that it just it works. It really works. Uh, he he trash talked the, the 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 new the new guys. He trash talked Bray, but in reality he was talking about himself the whole time he was doing all this. And I just thought to myself, I'm like, I'm like, man, John Cena, this John Cena, <clears throat> excuse me. This John Cena now, the guy who is older, more wiser to the wrestling business, like, he ha- he understands, and I'm not saying he never did, because Cena has put on some really great matches. Uh, he understands uh, uh, the business more, and I think that comes back to what Chris Jericho said, like, you really don't understand the wrestling business until you're, like, in your 40s, and, you know, Cena's in there. He's in his 40s. He understands how to put a story, uh, what the fans want, and he he gave back to Bray. Yeah, he beat Bray at WrestleMania 30, and a lot of people will say that that counted more, but I think in the grand scheme of things, like, this counted more. Like, Bray is going to go back into the world title picture with Braun Strowman, you know? Cena's not. Bray is. Uh, does this lead to Cena becoming a heel is the bigger question. Because a lot of the montages was basically, oh, you're, you you know, you portrayed yourself as a goody two-shoes, and uh, I'm going to show you what you're really like, you know, and they showed him what he would be if he was Hollywood Cena, uh, running the NWO, um, his debut, uh, like, him burying all these people, just everything that they showed during this was, it was fantastic, it was it was Bray showing Cena like you're your own worst enemy. I'm not your enemy. You're your own enemy, and it just turned into like this really, really 
good thing. And I, and I know a lot of people did not like it, right? I was one of those people that when it first started, I was like, what is this bullshit? And then as it progressed, I was like, yo, this is this is something. Like, this is like, this is unique. This is, uh, it's not pro wrestling as far as a match goes. But the story of it, the pro wrestling story that it told was just fantastic. Uh, and I know, like I said, a lot of people disagree on that. And you have, you know, everyone has their own opinion. Everyone has an asshole. Everyone has an opinion. Um, so I, I greatly appreciated it. I loved it for what it was. Uh, Cena disappears at the end. It was just, it was, it was fantastic. I really hope this leads to what everyone wanted. And that is a, <clears throat> a world title match between Cena and The Fiend down the line with, uh, you know, Cena going for his 17th. Hope, you know, maybe he gets it. Maybe he fails at this point. Either option is okay with me. Um, I just, if these two work together again in the near future, I am all for it. That's all I'm getting. I am all for these two working together in the near future again uh, because they came up with something very unique and very creative. And I just, I loved it. Absolutely loved it. I thought, like I said, Sasha, I mean, Sasha, uh, Charlotte and, uh, and uh, Rhea were the best match of the night. But this was by far the best thing of the night, like the best spectacle uh, of night two. Uh, so anyways, I digress. I move on. Uh, I go on on and on about this in the Boneyard match. Uh, so the main event, well, the somewhat main event, if you just want to, you know, bear with me, was Brock and Drew. That went like four minutes or so. And uh, it was what you thought it would be. You know, two big men f five and play more kicking each other, just like the Braun and Goldberg match. The only thing whew, with this match is I just I like both men more, so I, I enjoyed it more. And Drew's your new champion. Uh, I didn't think that Brock would lose in front of a crowd of no one, to be honest with you. I thought they would hold off until SummerSlam or whenever they get back to, you know, regular operations, but it didn't happen. And uh, actually, I don't think they can do SummerSlam this year because it was supposed to be in Canada, right? Or was that Survivor Series? Where was SummerSlam supposed to be at? Los Angeles? I don't remember. Anyways, uh, yeah, so Drew wins, right? Bah. Done. Bonita. Over with. Great ending to the pay to the, to the review because Drew's now champion. Everyone got what they wanted. However, there's more. So, uh, if you watch Monday Night Raw, they kept... Uh, Santa had this big, big, big announcement or whatever, and uh, they were going to show it in the main event, yada, yada, yada. So that turned out to be Drew McIntyre versus uh, The Big Show uh, after Drew's match with Brock at WrestleMania. Uh, and I think, I mean, I know why they did it. They want to show, hey, Drew's a fighting champion. He just beat Brock. Now he's going to beat The Big Show, whatever. I just don't think that was the right move. Like, that's now that's when someone saw it. If, some, if anyone saw that on Raw, which not a lot of people did because the, the viewership's like going down for like everyone. I just think everyone's probably cutting their cable because, you know, you're, you're, you're not getting paid. But uh, if anyone really saw that, they're going to be like, damn, Big Show main event in WrestleMania. Technically, he did, even though, even though it was a dark match, but the WWE showed it on Raw. So that was the actual main event of WrestleMania. Uh, I I would have just preferred them just 
hey, Drew has his first title defense tonight. It's against the Big Show. Bam. Claymore kick win. Uh, now, I believe they did this so Drew could have a longer match, and it was described as uh, a longer match due to the fact that uh, he was tired, uh, I believe, uh, because of the Brock, the Brock Lesnar match he had. And, uh, of course, Big Show's new show uh, on Netflix is out. Um, so, you know, hey, let's get some promotion for the Big Show uh, any way that we can. And that was, of course, their way of doing it. Um, again, I just... I don't know. I don't agree with that happening. They could have placed it on Raw. They could have had someone attack Drew, and then he goes to the match with the Big Show. I don't know if this was even a heel turn for the Big Show, or Big Show's still a face, or Big Show's coming back, or if it was just a one-time thing to promote his shit. I don't know what the fuck's going on. But it happened. Um, so, that was WrestleMania Night 2 in a nutshell. I think Night 1 was better. Uh, I think night one had uh, better matches all around the whole night. Uh, of course, I had the Boneyard, which is my favorite. I picked that over the uh, Firefly Funhouse. But I will pick the Firefly Funhouse over the House of Horrors match. Uh, if the House of Horrors match was anything like the Firefly Funhouse, and I understand that it couldn't be because Bray wasn't in this character... But, man, they need to redo that with him and Randy. Like, that would be awesome to see what they would show, like, oh, Randy, yeah, you were a bad guy, but if you're hard, maybe you were, like, this good guy or something. I don't know. I don't know. There's so much they can do with uh, Firefly Funhouse matches, uh, Boneyard matches now. You know, Undertaker said he would be uh, down to do more of them, uh, but it would have to be, you know, the right opponent. Uh, he's not in for it for the athleticism, he said. He said he's more about, you know, people who know their character, who can tell a story, uh, and who can just go out there and have fun with it. Uh, and a lot of people have speculated that this opens the door uh, for Sting. Sting could be in a Firefly Funhouse match or a Boneyard match with Bray or The Undertaker. Like, those would be awesome. Uh, but, you know, the future, you know, we'll see what the future holds. Hopefully they don't overdo it just because they know they hit a home run with this one. Uh we know how Vince is. Once something's good, he'll beat it to fucking death, and it won't be good anymore. Uh, that's how I feel with, like, Elimination Chambers and Hell in Sales right now. Uh, they're good, but they're just not needed. Um, so, yeah, man. Uh, all in all, both nights, I think, were a great weekend, and I think that the WWE really went out of their way to make sure that you know, us as fans had something to uh, just enjoy, you know, like we, we had something to enjoy. We had something to uh, sink our teeth in and uh, not worry about everything that's going around because, you know, people are losing their jobs and people are having financial hardships and, and stuff like that. Like, you know, uh, I went from making a ton of money a month to making like shit. You know, uh, so life is hard. Um, but the one thing that I will not do at this time is cancel my WWE Network subscription because I love wrestling and I love to watch wrestling. And right now, wrestling is the one kind of sport or entertainment or whatever you want to call it that is giving you something to enjoy and giving you something to watch. So uh, for those of you out there that are upset with the WWE, uh, 
use the network. You know, go back and watch something that didn't upset you at the WWE. Uh, go and, you know, DVR some AEW. Go watch some old TNA or new TNA if that's what you like. Uh, if you're a wrestling fan or even if you're, you used to be a wrestling fan, you know, use this time to watch wrestling. You know, it, it's there. It's there for your enjoyment. It's there to take your mind off of things. Uh, or, you know, maybe you like movies. Go watch your favorite movie. Go watch your favorite anime, your favorite cartoon, your favorite TV show. Do something that just takes your mind off of all of this. And uh, for me, it's wrestling, and it was WrestleMania that weekend. And um, I hope everyone can find something like that. But uh, anyways, uh, I have been talking for almost 30 minutes yet again. And my mouth is getting dry. I'm thirsty. So I am about to end this podcast, and uh, I'll call it a day. And I'll see you guys in the next one, which is going to be me uh, live watching the Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels uh, at WrestleMania 25. I know I said the next one after the WrestleMania stuff would be uh, kind of a recap of NXT, but uh, I don't want to just recap shows. I want to go over uh, a lot of other things uh, wrestling-wise or even movie-wise or whatever. Uh, I've got to catch up on Harley Quinn uh, because me and my cousin are going to review the first two episodes of the second season for that as well. And then, of course, we'll try to review every episode every week for you guys that like that show or just uh, want something new to watch. Maybe you can listen to us and uh, go, you know, pick it up or something. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, so the next one, like I said, will be The Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels from WrestleMania 25. It is my all-time, I can't say all-time favorite because I do love Austin and Rock from WrestleMania 17. And... That will also be coming uh, on the uh, podcast as well. I will be doing Undertaker and Shawn Michaels, Austin and Rock, and many other matches uh, for you guys. So be on the lookout, like I said, for all those. And uh, I'll see you all in the next one. I'm out.